ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Competition is Another edition of Hard in the Paint. It's a special Monday with my man Marlon Favorite. A Marlon Monday, as we used to do back in the day on the radio show. Um, look, Big Fave, let's just get right into it, man. Tough, tough weekend for you all the way around, my dog. Tigers take it on the chin at home. The Saints take it on the chin at home. Cowboys pull one out, but it's been a rough, rough start for the – I mean, Cowboys went down to – I'm sorry, to the, the Patriots. Tough weekend for you, man. It's a tough weekend, man. I got hit with the trifecta, right? You know, Dallas, LSU, and, of course, the Saints. Yeah, it was a tough weekend for, for a fan of the game and just a fan of how well this state, this state really sticks out in sports. It was a tough one to see the major teams lose. But, I mean, UL, they're 3-0. And uh, Tulane, you know, they got them a big one. It's uh, uh, Southern Miss. So, nothing – we're not going to have our head all the way down, but it was a little disappointing. Let's let's start with the Saints, since that's the most recent one, and we'll work our way back. Um, last night, they – you know, there were some good things. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is playing – phenomenal football through the first three weeks of the season second in the nfl in total catches top 10 in total um, receiving yards uh you know the last two games he's run the ball very well but he was quite frankly after especially after jared cook got hurt he was the entirety of the saints offense that is not gonna work for 16 games it's not uh because what'll happen is a defenses are going to wise up and they're just going to put eight guys in the box and just play man coverage on the outside, maybe have like a little little safety help just in case something does get deep, have a, a safety maybe covering like cover one or something like that. You'll see a little bit of three. You won't catch a lot of cover two. You won't catch a lot of, you know, two, three zone. You won't catch a lot of, um, you know, those different coverages, <clears throat> even all the way down to cover four. Um, for a team that if you if your quarterback is just going to drive back and just, you know, do a little screen to Elvin Kamara or a little quick slant. Now, that works in the beginning of the season when teams are getting back in the rhythm. But once some film's out there and, and you start to see more of the same old pitch and catch, pitch and catch, and not no, not too many deep balls, it, it will – teams will catch on to it and, and it'll – be a heavy workload on Elvin Kamara, but most importantly, it's tough to win when the defense is on top of it. Yeah, you can already start to see that, and the Saints have been fortunate that they've played um, really three teams that have problems in their secondaries, um, to be quite frank. I mean, you know, we know Tampa's secondary has not been good. Uh, we know that the Packers' defense is – very small. I mean, and they gave up big, they've given up big points. They've given, they gave up 20 plus to 
a struggling Chicago Bears team. They gave up 20-plus to a Detroit team that's not particularly great. So that wasn't the best defense in the world the Saints were playing, but it still took Alvin Kamara maybe having one of the greatest screen catches we've ever seen <laughs> to, uh, on that run for them to score. It took him a big run for to put him in a position for another touchdown. And we're talking about – a game where in the last two, uh, a team in the last two weeks, Drew Brees has attempted a grand total of two passes of 20 yards or more and zero against the Packers. So you can already start to see teams moving back up. You only have to play that one safety over the top now. And you, like you said, without a Mike Thomas there and teams not having to load coverage over to his side, it's going to make it a lot harder when they play solid defenses, particularly teams that have good linebacking. Uh, to make plays if all you're going to do is be underneath. No doubt. And it makes a lot of sense for them moving forward to really look at a multi-quarterback system if you're going to do it this way because the bottom line is you're going to have to make a deep threat. I mean, the running game, and, and with Michael Thomas being out, it is much more on Alvin Kamara. He's asked, he's He's basically – the go-to guy. I saw a couple times where Drew saw, like, Elvin – I want to say Elvin Kamara again. <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders. He beat his guy on a deep post. He could have no hit throw. him right there. <clears throat> no throw. So, th- you're going to have to address that. You look at a hungry De- Detroit team. They're not where they want to be. You have to look at conference play in Carolina. Yes, they don't have McCaffrey, but you have an athletic defense. So, it's something for sure to, to look at with this team on the play now. A bright side to that offense is once that young line gets rolling, that's going to be good. I know with the absence of Andres Pete, they're a little hurt at the guard position. But, you know, you take it back to that play where Elvin Kamara had that long scream. Did you see Eric McCoy just bust out into a 4-8 flat <laughs> fly? Hey, that is <laughs> – you saw – see, a lot of folks, they looked at, man, Alvin Kamara slowing all the way down. Well, he brought his speed all the way down to lineman speed just so that block catch and then he cuts makes a guy miss. It was a very electrifying play, but for them to see for, – for me to see Eric McCoy hike the ball and then haul ass on that screen was, 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 was pretty impressive for a big man up front. And what people don't understand and sometimes what they don't look at is – that's called utilizing your blocker. If he had to stop and walk for a second to let that man set up, that's what great backs do. Because he could have tried to outrun the rest of that defense, but why take the hit? Why take the hit? Let your center take out another two guys and clean that area up for you. Because after he made that last cutback, nobody could put their hands on him until he got to the end zone. None at all, man. And Green Bay has a solid front, too. Uh, and you got a little like, undersized, and, a little bit undersized, a little undersized. Yeah, they, you know they have a Pro Bowler, but um, you look at Quinn Nelson, you know, out of uh, Indianapolis. You know he can move like that, so that's a good spot for the Saints. I think figuring out this situation at quarterback. Let's just be honest. Moving forward, look, you can have as many tricks in the hat as possible, but seven to eight yard tricks aren't going to do it. At some point, you got Patrick Mahomes just slinging that thing. I was <laughs> he have uh, these strong arm guys. Even a little little short guy like Kyle Murray got the strong arm. So it's just 
you know, moving forward, I am interested in seeing what what chances, I mean, excuse me, what changes they're going to make offensively to really think. I see a multi-quarterback system working. I, I mean, in the play coming soon. I mean, you know, they're, they're look, I don't want people to think we dog in the Saints. The line, like you said, has played well in oh, all yeah. these games. They have not given up a bunch of pressures. They have not given up a bunch of sacks. I don't put a lot of this on. I'm not going to put it on the line. They they opened up holes for the running game in each of these last two games. It's just that they, the offense found itself behind and the running game got abandoned. So I'm not. They they've done a solid job to me in opening up holes for the running game better than they did last year because we saw those holes weren't there for Alvin Kamara. I give them this too. Latavius Murray looks good. Jared, we've seen Jared Cook look good. I think Adam Troutman looks good as a rookie. He, you can see that he's going to be a weapon down the road. I think Emmanuel Sanders has been um, downplayed for no good reason because he's just he, – he, first he was playing out of spot. Last night, like you said, you've seen him get open. It ain't his fault he doesn't get the catch if he's open. you got to be targeted to have a chance to get a catch. And he has not been targeted. But I'd say and – and we've even seen some good stuff out of Traquan Smith. So all the elements are there for this offense to be explosive. But I think people are looking at these point totals and thinking this team is better than it was. And the example I would use for that the most, when you talk about arm strength, and I want to get your reaction is when you're down and they're in that two-minute drive and they got to get two scores, Hmm. they could not move the ball quickly because you knew good and well that one throw that Breeze made, that 15-yarder down the middle, he had to put everything into (laughs) that throw to get it there. He 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 put all he put he he stepped all the way up to make that throw in. You could he's a guy that's doing what he could when he can, and it and it does hurt when you don't have that big target in Michael Thomas that could catch that ball across the middle that little short seven yard pass and turn into a forty three yard play. You know you don't you don't have that. The best example I can say is back in two thousand and nine when we had Derry Henderson we had. Big Marcus Colston, we had Robert Meacham. You look at the combination of those guys. We had Jeremy Shockey at the tight end position. You look at the combination of those guys, and at any given Sunday, Robert Meacham can give you a 4-3, 4-4-40. Henderson, 4-3, 4440 guy. So you have someone stretching that field, giving that deep threat, and then you have a for sure hand receiver coming underneath, not to mention a tight end. A younger Drew Brees could step back and go through all his progressions and see um, Devery Henderson on a deep hit him with a 50-yarder. You know, and, and, and that's something that we're going to have to look at because we still have to win the games. And that's the bottom line. And, yeah, and then the defense didn't help either. You know, No, now let's go through them. <laughs> Cam Jordan's impact has been minimized. He's not – doing his even when he's being double teamed last year we saw those double teams him able to at least to push the pocket he's not pushing the pocket the same Saints have seven sacks but they're not coming we're not seeing consistent pressure you know so and then of course Demario Davis is doing it alone as linebacker no one else has made any impact and they're not even trusting guys to be on the field at the linebacker spot and then Malcolm Jenkins, for what he does well up against the line of scrimmage, has been hurt down the field. And we've seen some bad plays, particularly to the penalties. 
pass interference calls that they have no business getting, guys just putting their hands on receivers, and that's that's mental. Yeah, and, and you're looking at a 4-2-5 defense uh, using Gardner Johnson and also using Malcolm Jenkins as that extra linebacker in the box. It feels a threat for the run heavy. But Alex Anzalone, I see him flying around, but our linebacking core don't look like Tampa's. <laughs> and and that's, that's something that you want to have athletic linebackers that could go sideline to sideline. Demario Davis, to me, is in the top tier at his position in the NFL at linebacker. How smart he is. He could cover. He can rush. He got a sack yep. the other night. So, I mean, it's part of the defense that's looking really good. But, I mean, if there are any question marks, you, you definitely have to look at Janoris Jenkins and his ability. He don't have that big Delvin bro frame. So when it's time to contest the ball, as opposed to going to the ball and just going up to the ball strong and defending the receiver, he'll do the old school. Of, and he's supposed to do it quick. You know, you bring the hand out to kind of do the little – he's holding it in and hooking yep. it. And those receivers are selling it like Lazar. He, he had his arm up. It's like interference. So you, you take a look at that position. For the most part, Mashawn Lattimore is giving you consistent, tack, consistent tackling. You know, he's got it a couple of times on some bomb plays, but it's hit or miss. You're not going to make every play. But he's at least been consistent for the most part. Malcolm, I mean, he's someone that's going to be on the field ever since he came in the game. He's taken over 98% of the snaps every year. So he's someone, again, that can play in that box, make a for sure tackle, but also have some ability to cover. So, I mean, you're just combing through the roster – I mean, and of course, there's some work uh, that, that uh, you know, when left over top, Marcus Williams, you know, he could get better. I hadn't talked to him in a while, but we keep in touch. For the most part, he's young and he could get a little bigger, too. You know, I don't know if that'll affect his speed, but he does look light. Yeah, uh, the upper body for him is is relatively small. And we saw a couple times in the game where last night where the Packers have big receivers. They don't, they don't send out a lot of little guys out there. And this is, again, without Devontae Adams is that they were able to do this to the Saints without Devontae Adams, who is one of the, you know, top 20, at least, you know, 15, I'd probably say in the league receiver. And you see that the marks was the one on the sideline where he just grabs for no reason. And it's like, allow, you know, not even turn, they're not turning their heads, you know, and I'm not going to put it on the defensive coordinator. I'm not going to say it's on Dennis Allen because he's not. He hasn't changed who he is as a play caller. But when we go back to training camp, we see an offense that's kind of dysfunctional, and we had a defense in training camp that we kept saying, "Man, look, they're taking the ball away. They're doing all these things." Maybe neither one of them got sharp because they were both rusty. That could possibly be it. You look at certain teams, and the teams that have that mid-tier age and enough young leadership are teams that can sustain. Give you an example, right? I'm, let's see, Tyron Matthew is about 30, 31, right? Give or yeah, take. Yeah, so, yeah, he's getting there, yeah. He's, he's, he, yeah, he's, he's in early 30s, right? Look at that Kansas City team. You have a young quarterback. You have young talent at, at the running back position all around. Um, for the most part, you have a relatively young receiving core. So the pandemic, being in a pandemic, didn't affect them as much as, let's say, Drew Brees. Let's say 
Teron Armstead. Uh, you know, those guys have, for the most part, been playing a little rusty, right? Needing those preseason games. Think about it. The Saints may lose three preseason games. I can remember the year they lost it all. It didn't matter because at the very end of the day, that team was able to adapt and adjust regardless. And I think Coach Sean Payton is smart enough. Um, he's an intelligent enough coach to see the problems, assess them, to where it wouldn't ruffle any feathers. And I think that's the best way to really look at it because you do need the leadership in Drew Brees. You do need the leadership when he gets back in Michael Thomas. You will need the leadership, which DeMario, win, lose, or draw, he always keeps a high spirit. And then you're going to need your secondary to come together. You know, you get those positions in order, and I think the rest fall in position. Yeah, I think this is, you know, Sean Payton's not going to panic. Um, but I would say this, at this point, looking at this team and looking at the schedule and how some of these teams have performed, like you said, with Carolina, they're better than we thought. If Christian McCaffrey doesn't get hurt in week two, they are possibly two and one because they were right on Tampa in week two. And they weren't bad in week one. They have not been blown out by anybody. And we thought this was going to be a bottom five defense. Offensively, we knew they had talent. But their defense has been much better than we thought. Then you look at the the Saints are also fortunate that the rest of this division, though, Atlanta has shown that their defense cannot hold a lead. So the Saints are okay there. I don't think Tampa, even at 2-1, and one, is particularly impressive in their two wins. So the Saints are in no way out of it. Even the top team in the NFC, which right now I think you and I would both say is Seattle, they got two nail biters on their resume yeah. in the early part of the season. So it's not like there's a giant gap, I think, between the Saints and, and the, the teams that are 2-1, and 3-0. and But at the same time, it feels like if they don't get this defense in order and at some point be able to make – I mean, you got, like you said, it has to be a threat. This feels more like a 10-6 and team than maybe a 12-4 and team that we might have thought before the season. Man, and I thought you were going to say 11 and 5 because you, you look at – all right, I'm just looking at the schedule here. We have Detroit at Detroit. New Orleans a four-point favorite, but um, I got a good friend of mine, Jason Cabinda. He plays linebacker on that team. Uh, we uh, worked the NFL together broadcast, and, you know, that team has been in some close close games here the first couple of games as well. You have a young, young team in Justin Herbert uh, with the Chargers. And two, so, 300 games for him already. Yeah. yeah. Then you get into some division play with the Panthers um, at the end of October, and then you have the Bears. So, I mean, you, you just look at the next four games and you say, all right, we can redeem ourselves against Detroit. You know, you have an experienced defend, uh, defense. You know, you have Darius Slate, I want to say, still maybe over no, there. No, Slate the out of there. So, I mean, that's – yeah, that, that, that corner that is, is where their problems are. They're, they're better up front. The lines are much better up front this year. Desmond Trufant mm-hmm. is there now. Yeah. I was thinking about in the second uh, corner. Stafford has had big games against the Saints. <laughs> yeah, he has. He's had a number of big games. Because remember, they came in here back-to-back years in New Orleans and beat the Saints. You know, and Stafford had – 350-yard performances in those games. So, I mean, if the secondary is not going to be tight, that's the thing. They've got to shore it up, and I would like to see 
the Saints continue to kind of lean on that running game. Give that running game some time to, to especially you know you got to keep the defense off the field right now. You got to win that time. Tell me that. I knew when I saw Murray rolling in the game Elvin had, I said, boy, D. Grubb's going to say, man, they got that running game. Because you've been calling for that running game. Last couple times we've been on, like, that's what you wanted to see coming out of training camp. Absolutely. And because what are there really, when you have a quarterback at this age, there are only two outcomes, right? You're either going to get the Peyton Manning outcome of riding off into the sunset carried by your defense because it wasn't that offense. It looked John Elway, he finished up. He had to get carried by Terrell Owens. I mean, Terrell Davis. And that defense was very solid to it up there with Champ yeah. Bailey and them dudes. So, I mean, like, Bill Romanowski, they had very solid defense. Or you end up like Brett Favre, and it just falls completely off the map. Your arm is just done, and it's just you're just not that guy. And – that's the, really it for the Saints. It's all or nothing, but it's, it, everything is dependent on the running game and the defense. They, if you think, you know, Drew Brees will probably have four or five games a season where he looks like Drew Brees. But there are 19 games to win a championship. Yeah. Do you think that he can play at MVP level for 12, 13 games? I just don't think so at, at 41. It, it's tough. If you say Tom Brady, I would probably say yeah because – you know, Tom hadn't really had any arm issues like that. Um, he had some lower body issues. Plus, you know, his frame works in his favor. You know, he could see certain things because he could look over his offensive line where Drew has to move in the pocket. It was a couple times I thought he could have ran and slid. He didn't last night. So, I don't know. I do know that he's really determined, right? His, his confidence clearly hadn't went anywhere just listening to some of his pressers. But – we are turning into a league where the quarterback is really athletic, even if he's pro style. So you'll have your typical Josh Allen's, now Joe Burrows, you know, even. You saw that, uh, look, before we get, that play, Burrow rolling to his right. Come on, Stopping now. on a dime, spinning away, and then throwing it down the sideline. Come, Come on, on dude. That's not a That's rookie the, throw. Welcome to the new NFL, D. That ain't no rookie I mean, throw. <laughs> That's what it is. Wait till you see a healthy tour. Like, I mean, it's that's where the game is going. I mean, look so, at Cam. Even Cam yeah, back. Look at Cam. See and see Cam like another quarterback who got a lot of scrutiny, got a lot of um, you know, bad mouth a lot, but his performance was down when he wasn't healthy. Once he got healthy, as you see in New England, he's he's still Cam. And as he said around that round table when he was with Odell and Todd Gurley and all those goals at the be- guys at the beginning of the season, he said – he told Josh McDaniels, you know you could call some things you hadn't called or you're not used to accustomed to calling. So when you have a mobile quarterback, you have a, a chance. Him and Sonny Michelle, that works. You know, you look at – you look at Tampa with Leonard Fournette and, and Ronald Jones. They're still trying to figure that out. See what I'm saying? Like, they're picking it up. They, they look good that last week, but it took a while because now you have Kyler Murray undefeated over there with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Well, they lost to Detroit. They lost I'm sorry, to that's right. Yeah, they did, did lose, yeah. lose to Detroit. Man, these weeks are just running into each other, huh? For real. It's, a, it's so much, man. It's just it's, everything is happening at once. It just we don't have no time. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, in, in the case of, and, and most folks may tiptoe around this, like, hey, man, this, 
this Saints offense looked like it could get a little more elusive or, oh, man, this Saints offense is just right there. We just got to – no, we need to mix it up. Like my man D. Grubb said, get that run game going. We're going to have to show a threat or have a threat of the deep ball. If we don't, the way defense works is you're going to catch eight guys in the box and they're just waiting. <clears throat> like you have linebackers and safeties waiting for you to just hit this low ball so they can clean it up. Now, it is a nickel and dime situation you could do, but in the nickel and diming, at some point you're going to have to hit them with a, with a, with a long ball. I mean, you saw last night goal. too. There were a couple situations where Green Bay was sitting on routes and almost had. You remember those in the third quarter? There was There's almost a pick two, six. Yeah, that pick. yeah, I saw that. That would have been a pick six. I mean, that, dropped he, pick. It dropped out his hands, but he jumped on that route. He knew it was coming, and the ball was slow getting there. And those two things can't happen. The game was watched, and that film was sent to 31 other teams around the NFL. It just so happened you have. In a, in a double-digit numbers of teams, you still have to play, and a few of them you have to play twice. So the tape is going to, going to be out there. You're going to have to see a situation where we're going to have to get much more creative in offense. I don't know if that's us seeing Alvin Kamara line up in the Wildcat. I don't know if that's Taysom Hill. You running know, an option. <laughs> or running an option with those two. Something, you're going to have to mix it up. Um, I get it. You want Drew Brees on the field if necessary, but you need him on the sideline. Like I said, he, he didn't, it's in his head for sure, but, you know, it's, it's just one of those situations. If we want to have a winning season, we're going to have to do what you got to do. got to do what you got to do. Let's move over to you, Tigers. Um, <laughs> you got to start with Bo Pelini. Uh, I understand, you know, Coach O comes out and says, well, Pelini Cave, first one to come up to me and say he did it. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, you give up a school record <laughs> game one. You give up an SEC record to a dude making his first start in the conference. Yeah, that you had better be the first one showing up at Coach O's <laughs> office saying I fucked up. I mean, it, they ain't nobody else who should be showing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, a, a lot does fall on Coach Bo Pelini. My, my initial reaction uh, – my initial comment, and it's really still kind of the same now, is welcome back to big-time football. You know, when we were there in the early 2000s, we were able to dominate because we ran a real 4-3. Like, you had experienced 4-3 recruits on that team. Glenn Dorsey, 4-3. Yours truly, 4-3. Tyson Jackson, 4-3. Kirsten Pittman, East St. John, 4-3. Big Al Woods out of south of Lake Charles, 4-3. So you had all these Drake Nevis, John Eric High School, right here on the West Bank, 4-3. You had experienced recruits come in, and those experienced recruits run a 4-3 defense. So it was just really getting better technique. In the last let's say back right when the uh, Coach Miles era was ending, where you had Dave Aranda there, but Coach Ed Ogeron era was about to start, the recruiting pattern was get the best three, four guys. Get the Tyler Shelvins. Get guys like that. When you go out and get guys like that. So now you're stuck with that right now, and Coach Pauline is coming down, okay, here's what we won a national championship with right here. Boom. But you don't have the personnel for it. You don't – those guys still – this was like – 
if you if 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 we if everyone take a, a, a stop and look at the starters for LSU this past week, all right. I'll start on the line, and I and I try not to be too long winded. D, you oh, had really? you had um, uh, what's what's my Gay Ali Gay, first time in Tiger Stadium, first time playing a meaningful game with LSU. Didn't do bad. Had a nice pass breakup. I thought he had some pressures on a quarterback, right? Then you have Ica, right? Who's if he was playing when we were playing, he probably would come in every other short yardage down and just getting there, clog the middle up. He would definitely be starting our five man front because again, in the Polini defense, you didn't have three forty, you know, shoot the gap like that. Tyler Shelvin, he has he has the Glenn Dorsey type athleticism, so he would have been good, but he opted out. So take him out of the conversation. You know, this summer, Coach O got him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm coming back. This is one of my starting linemen. He's not in the situation. You got to set that in, right? Then you have, thankly, thank you. Nick Farrell says, you know what, I'm going to back in. Let me get back in this water, right? And now we have him. He has experience. Pass breakup. He was in on the sack that we had, right? And then on the other end, you have a guy in Andre Anthony who – Again, doesn't have a lot of playing experience and just couldn't. Like, it was so many opportunities for him to hit the quarterback, but he didn't because he was rushing down the middle. So all of those guys got to remember, this isn't Dave Aranda's defense anymore, right? You sprinkle a Jacoby Stevenson around. You try to put Clark where you could put him. And then I'm not even going to start on all the inexperienced guys on the corner. You lose Derek Stingley the morning of. So that, if, if folks look at it from that lens, like I know it's like, wait, we just won a national championship. What happened? Oh, I don't know. Maybe half of that team went to the draft. Yeah, and we, we called this after the <laughs> yep. championship. We said they needed to understand that this was going to be a step back. And now that you've taken away, because COVID, you took away the preseason, essentially those, those three non-conference games where you would have gotten a warm-up, you would have started to try to figure those things out. No, you jump in the conference schedule, and the first person you have to face is Mike Leach, who does not care about what your team has. He's going to throw it 60 times. And to take a team that had not been on the field, like you said, has not seen live bullets in a, in a game, corners, safeties, guys who had not – and linebackers who have not been in coverage – you can see why Jabril Cox stands out because he's done this for, four, for three years mm. at a high level. So he can come in and make an immediate impact. But, yeah, people needed to be realistic. And I thought when I saw that line of LSU's 17-and-a-half-point favorite, we talked about it with, with my boy Trevor last week. I said, take the money because there's no way LSU in their first game out against a conference opponent with all those new guys on the field – Freshman in the backfield. You know what I'm saying? You got fresh – you lose yeah. your top two wide receivers from last year. Yeah, you know, Terrace Marshall had a great game. But Racy McGrath, who they had on as, you know, preseason All-American, it's going to take him a minute. And Miles Brennan, he's, he's okay, but I still need to see more from his makeup. And it wasn't about the losing. It's about his makeup. He didn't mm-hmm. seem tough to me in that game. He didn't. Uh, Miles Brennan – Man, I know he got it the most. I mean, in a big loss like that, your quarterback wasn't super productive. He's the problem. I mean, he's going to get it before the head coach, the coordinators, any other position. I felt like that was his opportunity to just let it rip, man. Like, put all distractions aside. You prepared 
You've been a collegiate. This is year four for you. Five. Let it go. This is five. five. This is redshirt senior, man. Wait, this is his redshirt senior year? Yeah. Wow. No. Yeah, because we talked about two know years what? with Burrow, two years with Etling. He, so this is five. He was there for both of Etling seasons. He had one red shirt in there because he redshirted the, the, that mm-hmm. first year. He redshirted his first year. And he remember he was there for both Danny Etling seasons. He was on the team already. And he was oh, there you for know both what it was? seasons with Joe Burrow. He was a class of 17. So, so he yeah. had the 17 season, 18 season, this past 19. So, yeah, this is four. Four, okay, okay. Yeah, this is four. But, yeah, it, it does feel that way. He did. He had one year with Danny Edlin. Okay, okay. Remember, it was his freshman year. That's what I'm saying. I would take the Danny – I would take the uh, Miles Brennan, who we put in for Danny Edlin, when he was messing up over the one that was out there. Because that kid there, remember, he was very raw. It was no expectations. There was no such thing as a Joe Burrow then. So it's like – Okay, I'm going to just get him do what I did in high school. Call it, Pam. He was getting it out. And I can remember after me and Hunt and Hester talking about the end of the postgame, it was like he didn't look that bad. A guy that was out there, I, I, I said this earlier, it's, it, it's, the, it's the three Brennan rules, right? The first Brennan rule was you got to move, man. Get off of the rock. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. He stood there. I was telling I was telling the guys this uh, after the game. I was talking with Brandon and Hunt. I said I would have loved to been a defensive tackle for Mississippi State. That was that was a game you get your stock up. Whenever you have a quarterback that's nervous or scared, and he's just going to sit there and let you hit him as if we're in a practice drill, you're in trouble, son. Do not get hit. Move. He has to get better awareness in the pocket. He was just really st- – he looked like a, a a quarterback that's forcing a pro-style type pocket. You know, I get it. You guys had the best offensive line in the country last year, and some of those guys are coming back. But come on, D-Grub, bro. You got to move. The next thing, trust your talent. Let your receivers contest the ball. Let Give them an opportunity to make a play on the ball. How many times last the- season? How many plays last season did Burrow just say, I know what these guys can do. If I put it in the area, they'll get it. And we saw that with Ter- Terrace Marshall's first four games before he got hurt. Let that man do his work. Look, listen, look what happened. He was open so many times. When he decided to hit him, he, he ends the game with 122 yards and two touchdowns. And not to mention, I ain't going to talk about that baby over there. Uh, Eric uh, Gilbert. Gilbert. Mm -hmm. OMG. He was he would have had three touchdowns. You know he threw that one up to him when he got hit and he just threw it in the area. Of course he's going to make the play. He was a five-star tight end coming in. So you have to trust the talent around you. Trey Palmer would have got off. One thing about look, anybody who's listening to D. Grub show right now, no one's bashing or comparing him to Joe Burrow. No one no, that you kid can't had do that. a historical fair. year. It's not even fair. That's not fair at all. You know, that's like that's almost like who's ever the next starting quarterback for the Saints. Oh, we expected this with Breeze. You can't do that because this man is a Hall of Fame gold jacket guy, man. Come on now. But my whole point is trust your athletes around you. And last but certainly not least, he's not Joe Burrow. That's the biggest thing. And and, and we know that. We want him to get that. 
I know when he did this first, uh, when he did the press release last week, he was like, hey, man, um, uh, you know, I, I'm starting my own legacy. You know, I'm not, you know, Joe did what he did. That was good. But I think he, he meant that in his conscious mind, but subconsciously he still feel like he has to fill those big shoes, man. So I, I think once those two things collide, he'll be okay, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, he's got it. Look, the accuracy wasn't good. The accuracy was not good. And part of that was because he has the jitters. You can see it. You got the happy feet. And you end up there, what, he took seven sacks? It was like seven. That's what I said. Yeah, seven sacks? Well, that's a good so, I mean, he was just getting buried. And so, again, he took the LSU running game out of the, out of the equation because he kept taking sacks. You can't do that and eliminate the run because you a guy like Curry who can break big runs. We saw him do that in the um, playoff last season. We we know Terion Davis pranks can run once he gets into the open field. But if everybody knows that your quarterback, like he said, is is a standing target, they're just if you ended up with second and long, third and long constantly, then it's all bets are off. Yeah, and you have to protect yourself. You got to know your value. You're the starting quarterback for the defending national champion. With a freshman Tigers. behind you. With a freshman behind you. We 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 need you. Do move. Worst case scenario, run. I'll take those three yards. I'll take those four yards in a slide. Everything doesn't have to be a completed pass. When in doubt, I tell with Conquer Sports Pros, we got a couple of quarterbacks we train. We tell them all the time, go through your progressions. One Mississippi. Two Mississippi. On that third Mississippi, you better get – because these D linemen, you know, they're taught, they're trained to get after, you know, go. And that ain't close to the best D line he's going to face in the SEC. Oh, no, we still got Florida. We got Alabama. Auburn. Auburn. You know Auburn bringing it. Georgia bringing it. I mean, this is – you know, so it's going to be tough for them, but – I think you and I both thought once 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 they broke the schedule down, it was only SEC. This is probably a three-loss team, most likely. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad year because what you want to see is how much better are they at the end of the year. That's really what this is about for LSU is how much better. Because like when you lose what they lost, when you come in, and, and I will say this, this makes me reflect back on not pursuing Derrick King. Watching what he's doing in Miami and the LSU luck that they've had with, with senior transfers. Derek mm-hmm. King, the ability to run with the football, the arm to go deep, and the experience of having played in a spread offense. Imagine Derek King under center for the Tigers right now and what oh. you'd be looking at and how much less concerned you Derek King ain't taking seven sacks, I guarantee you that against Mississippi oh, State. Oh no. He he's not taking seven sacks, he's moving. When in doubt, you, you want you, you got you have to get it with your legs. So I believe I don't think this is my senior year. You know, my senior year, we 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 won a national championship in 07. I went back for my fifth year. I wanted to finish school, you know, give try to help my stock. And it was a bad year. I mean, Jared Lee threw about six interceptions to the house. He, you know, and and I can remember always talking to him, just tell him keep his head up, man, keep fighting. But it was a lot of frustration. I mean, we ended up going to the Peach Bowl and winning it. Eventually, Jordan Jefferson was our quarterback, and he did exceptionally well as a freshman coming in. But, hey, man, it's just it, it's just one of those deals where you come off a year like that, and really all of us was trying to leave. Like, it was about you lose a lot of your guys. A lot of your guys go. So, um, 
I, I do think that coaching staff is intelligent enough to um, make some adjustments, you know, look at the man in the mirror, you know, today was tell a true Monday. So, you know, they got to do what they got to do, man. Going into Vanderbilt, I mean, again, it's it's hard to make any reads on anybody this early. I'm not going to get ahead of myself and think uh, – define what any team is. But I think the main thing you want to see, and tell me if I'm wrong, is consistency, first of all, both sides of that line. And, and they got to create pressure defense from the D-line, and they've got to allow the running game. And it, certainly you got to protect Brennan because he's holding the ball. Yeah, I think they do need to go over pass protection, even with the running backs, too, just to allow him, if he does get a threat um, to come, that comes back there, someone's there to protect, you know, give him a, a little extra time, just so he gets his confidence. Because you can imagine that the game like this, you know, you, you had so much expectations, you know, people are saying you're a preseason Heisman up, runner up, you know, just all that hype and you get out there and you, and you stank it up. Now we got to build his confidence back up as a quarterback. He, I'll just he say, would you like to see, and I'm going to let you go on this one, just a quick question, and I'm just thinking about it now. Do you think early on that LSU might want to go to two tight ends, three wide receivers, single back sets, so that you can have that double set of blocking up front? You can still release Gilbert and let him go downfield. You know that Terrace Marshall can win one-on-ones on the outside. And you so, but you have that extra protection in, particularly, you know, just to let him get settled rather than spreading it out so much and, and trying to create those things because that's kind of how they eased in Edling his first year. That's kind of how they eased in Burrow his first year. Remember, Foster Moreau, who was a we see can catch the ball, and I knew we both knew he could at LSU. Mm-hmm. They had to pull him back in and make him a blocker to give Burrow the opportunity to get himself settled. Maybe that's something that LSU should look into just for a couple games to kind of get Miles Brennan just a little bit more uh, stability in that pocket. I see that being a thought, <laughs> you know, but th- this team has been has become accustomed to slinging and banging, baby. Like, <laughs> we're going to spread this thing out even with this athletic tight end, and we're looking for who can run this offense. I, I get what you're saying. The only thing that, that, that Matt Canada – Offense was a little vanilla. Oh, I'm not and, talking about a Matt Canada style. I'm talking about uh, three receivers, two tight ends, one back. Very similar to what when the Saints run their 12 personnel. Oh yeah, 12 like 12 personnel. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. not talking about. I'm not talking about getting really conservative. You I'm just that? saying that was that didn't help them. That wasn't good offense. That was no, no. I mean, you got to have the tight ends to do it. And yeah. and, and and but. You know, I'm just wondering what they can do. You know what I'm saying? I don't, no, I'm, I think, I'm not I sure. I think, no, I honestly think that's a realistic uh, – that is a, re- a realistic set. Now that I'm, I'm revisioning, you got the two tight ends, you got a single back, but you got three receivers. You know, that – you see Josh Hill blocking a light lot in the Saints offense. Every once in a while, cook a block, plus you have the running back, and now – we could play poker with the other ones running that, you know, those. And a lot of times the running back could do a a, a block release, you know, yeah. just and, that quick check And down. with those two tights, now they don't know if I'm running on strong. They don't know if I'm running on weak. They don't, you know, and, I, and you still have the ability to do one cut runs right up the center of the uh, line between the tackles. So, I mean, you don't – it's not like you're taking away those options there. I mean, I'm not saying do it, at, you know, the whole game, but I'm saying just add maybe a couple of those just to give him some more protection. And because uh, 
three wide LSU wide receivers are still better than most teams' three top three corners. Anyway. Yeah, and, and I was gonna tell you, man, you got this one here on wax, bro. Run it back. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that next week. You know, just to because it, it makes sense. I don't know why I was thinking a bunched up like trips. No, 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 no. I ain't talking about no, no yeah. We I mean, ain't talking about the monster sets like the Redskins used to uh, run back in the day. Brother, I know you got you're a busy man. I'm, I'm gonna let you go. But uh tell the folks one more time how they can follow you. And when you got another episode of uh, uh Inside the Trenches coming. Man, D Grub, thank you so much for having me on the show today. Hey, y'all, y'all can follow me at Big Fave 504. That's B-I-G-F-A-V 504. Uh, on Instagram or Twitter, uh, Inside the Trenches podcast is on uh, iTunes, uh, Overcast, wherever there's podcasts. Definitely check us out. We have another episode coming up this week. Um, I got maybe three guests that I'm going to release this week, probably one of those three guests. So I'm going to surprise y'all on who the guest going to be. And then we got to get D. Grub back on there too, man. We got to get we gotta get D. Grub on there, period, man. We Yeah, bro, we – with, uh, inside the trenches, need 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 a little hard in the paint right now, bro. We're a little you hurt know we fam. Anytime you, know. you need me, man, you know that. You know you, you always show up for me, and I'm gonna show up for you. You you know we've done that both ways, so we got it like that, man. Um, we're gonna talk soon, of course. This gonna be a big week. You're gonna be in the mix on the NFL and the college football side. So I'm gonna check back in with you later, and of course we'll be texting and calling each other as usual. So <laughs> you got it, bro. Uh, so for my man, Big Fame, this is David Grubb. This has been hard to paint. And, uh, I want to